my name is Jess and this is Patient POV. Um, today we are talking to Caitlin and this was a super exciting one to do because she is from the UK. So it was kind of a cool moment of recording with somebody from a different continent than I am in. Uh, and so that was really, really exciting. Um, we got to speak with her about her conditions, which you'll hear about shortly, and um, how she's managing through it now. And um, so just before we jump in, um, I'm trying to give a little bit of an update on me before jumping in. And so last week, I mentioned that Journey, one of our dogs, was in the emergency vet. So as a recap, um, she got spayed on Wednesday and on the Friday, she got taken to emergency vet. She ended up having um, complete kidney failure, basically, um, or really bad kidney failure. And so she is now home again. She's completely fine now, um, but it was touch and go for a while there. After six days in the emergency vet, getting fluids continuously, um, but she is she's a okay now, which is absolutely what we want to hear. And so, yeah, that's the little update on the dogs. And Elda is my dog, and she is healing very, very well from the spay surgery. So that was also really great. Um, so yeah, that was their her craziness of this past week. Um, is just hoping that journey would make it through and and she did which is absolutely amazing so yeah i'm so excited for you guys to listen in on this one um and this is caitlin just a reminder to subscribe and also um anything that we ever talk about in the podcasts um whether it's recommendations i typically try to put a link in the description if you want to just use that link when you purchase things off of amazon um helps me out a little bit as well so that's really cool um yeah, and uh, you can either be listening to this through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So that's kind of cool as well that the three are set up. And then the last thing to mention was you guys can find me at Jess underscore and underscore Elda. And I am on Instagram in particular. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy and I hope you guys have a great week ahead. Thanks. Hello, very nice to meet you. Um, do you want to give an introduction on who you are and kind of what your background is? Yeah, so my name's Caitlin. I live in the UK um, and I have multiple chronic illnesses. My first one I was diagnosed with at 14 um, and most recently I've been diagnosed with hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and functional neurological disorder. Um, I came from like a background of dancing and being really active to all of a sudden not being able to do those things. Um, so it's been an adjustment, but um, yeah, I'm navigating my new normal at the minute. Yeah, no, for sure. And then um, for anyone who doesn't know, do you want to just briefly explain what those conditions mean or, or how they affect you? Yeah, of course. So when I was 14, um, I started dancing quite a lot. I've danced since I was little um, and I started to have a lot of pain in my hips. So I had various um, investigations done and I had something called hip dysplasia in my right hip, which means the ball and the socket are not how they should be. So your joint is kind of catching on the socket. Um, 
and I was too young to have surgery at that point so I kind of just muddled through life from being 14 to being 24 in chronic pain and not knowing why um, and then most recently I've been diagnosed with hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome which is a genetic condition that affects basically all your soft tissue in your body um, and there's a lot of things that kind of go hand in hand with that um, and that are comorbidities of it um, and I've been diagnosed with functional neurological disorder which is basically your, your body doesn't send messages to your nervous system correctly um, and it results in various different um, seizures and it can cause joint pain and um, paralysis and a lot of things that can't really be cured you just have to learn how to manage it essentially um so that's my that's happened in probably the last two months my functional neurological disorder diagnosis so still very new and I'm still kind of learning how to deal with that um yeah but those are my kind of my main chronic illnesses at the minute I am being kind of looks into for other things but you never just have one do you you've got to have a list of the yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, thank you for the context in which we will be kind of chatting about in your background. Um, so a little fun question, I forgot to write it down originally, but a little fun question that I'm trying to ask all the guests that come on is, um, is there any shows or movies or books that you've been um, watching or reading that you're really into right now? Yeah, so this may sound weird, but my I have um twin siblings who are three years old at the minute um, and we've all kind of really got into watching Bluey I don't know if you've heard of Bluey yes yeah yes. we're obsessed with Bluey in this house now we just love it it's such a wholesome feel-good family show um and they're only short clips like seven minutes each episode but we love it so we watch that on repeat in the house at the minute um Gilmore Girls is something that I watch a lot always has my heart especially at this time of year when it's like autumn and it's just yeah Gilmore Girls is a real comfort show for me which I watch all the time probably about 10 times a year um yeah. I love it book wise um I've recently started get, getting back into reading um I never I kind of lost my interest in it and I, I used to kind of fluctuate between reading and not reading but I've been reading a lot of Colleen Hoover books at the moment. I don't know if you've heard of her. Yeah. Um, she, she goes into depth about a lot of kind of controversial subjects, which I like. Um, yeah, so I've read a couple of her books. The most recent one I've read is Verity. Um, and I definitely recommend Colleen Hoover. Um, if you can, there is trigger warnings in some of the books. So obviously I would say read the, the front of them first in case. But yeah, Colleen Hoover's my new go-to um for books at the minute that's awesome yeah yeah the, I was just recording an episode yesterday I think it was and they they also said Gilmore Girls at this time of year you have to watch Gilmore Girls <laughs> you not best yeah for Honestly, sure I wish, I wish they were still filming them I would love that right they um they did the uh what's it called a year in a year in the yeah. life or something like that and then they live a, leave us on a cliffhanger and don't record <laughs> again <laughs> I know I hated that and I thought oh well they must be bringing another one out but they never have yeah yeah it's such a disappointment I know <laughs> okay awesome well thank you for that um so I know you were mentioning that you were a dancer when you were 14 and um yeah. the transition between like 14 and 24 in particular um so how really has your life changed because of all these chronic conditions 
um quite massively really it it happened quite slowly at first and I I just I've always lived with pain so I just thought it was normal thought it was it's normal that I wake up every day in pain and every activity I do causes me pain I just thought that was normal until I was talking to my mum quite in depth about it and she was like Caitlin that's not normal like I don't wake up in pain every day it's not normal for you to um so I did really have to kind of fight for a diagnosis which unfortunately is kind of the case with a lot of chronic illnesses they they find it hard to diagnose or they don't want to diagnose or they don't do the correct in-depth tests um so I think in the last three years my life has probably changed a lot more um than previous because I used to just mask my pain and try and fight through and try and live a normal life so to speak but I just couldn't do it anymore um and I know we've got a few questions obviously along the line about um things that have changed and stuff but obviously I've I've recently had to give up my job because I'm unable to to work which was quite a, an adjustment for me um I'm very kind of goal driven um work driven mindset so going from working full-time I used to manage people in an office setting um to now being at home every day it was quite an adjustment for me um but yeah, uh, my mum is my full-time carer now, so I have to have her to help me out with a lot of things. I think you've just got to, to take it on the chin, really, and learn how to adapt your life to to your new normal. Um, and if I didn't kind of go with the flow, I'd, I'd probably let it consume me, which is not what you want. So I'm quite... Um, I'm quite positive to be honest considering everything I've gone through because I just think there's no point in dwelling on it because you'll just end up in in a dark spiral um and you know you can't control it so the things you can control um I think it's important to to focus on them like having a creative outlet or reading like we were talking about earlier and watching shows and stuff like that things that bring glimmers into your life rather than um dwelling on the negative yeah, no, for sure. You touched on so many good points there. So I'm going to try to remember to go back through yeah. most of them. No, no, no. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, so why don't we go back to, you were mentioning you were having some issues getting diagnosed um, with yeah. the doctors and the healthcare system. So I personally, again, am in Canada. So our healthcare systems are quite different. Um, yeah. I record with a lot of people from the States as well. So what is the healthcare system in the UK specifically like, and how has that caused some challenges or was it easy or all that kind of stuff? Um. I think because I was a young girl when I first tried to get my diagnoses and things like that, I got dismissed quite a lot by the NHS in England. That's what our health service is called, the NHS. Um, we have free healthcare, so we don't have to pay for our medical treatments. We don't have to get insurance and things like that, that I think you do in, in Canada and the States. I'm not sure on that one, um, but our healthcare is free. Um, so... I kind of got dismissed a lot when I was younger because they just thought, oh, it's another young girl complaining. You know, it's probably just your hormones or your period or anxiety and, and the usual things that they say. I'm sure it happens for a lot of people. Um, but I really, I really had to fight for a diagnosis. And I started to do my own research, to be honest, on things um, because 
as I as I got older and my bones changed and you know you still continue to grow until you're 21 as a woman um a lot of things changed for me so I thought this is not just hip dysplasia there's got to be something else and I was driving myself insane with it thinking oh my gosh nobody's listening to me um you know my pain must be all in my head and then I was doing some research I started you know following different people on Instagram I think that's been a real help for me um having like-minded people with similar chronic illnesses expressing themselves online and you know writing blogs and things so I, I started to do my own research and when I came across Erlers Danlos syndrome I thought that definitely sounds like I tick every box for it um so I kind of pushed for a diagnosis in that respect with the NHS but the waiting list to see rheumatology who is the department which would diagnose me was three years and I just thought I can't wait three years so luckily my grandparents paid for me to go and see private um, chronic tissue disorder specialist um, who was based in London and he gave me my official diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome um, which kind of didn't seem real to be honest at first I think you know when you've been undiagnosed for so long and you just think it something um it it was quite hard to to deal with at first but also relieving to know that it wasn't all in my head um so yeah the NHS is hit and miss really I'm on a lot of waiting lists for the comorbidities that come along with it so I'm being tested for POTS um which is postural tachycardia syndrome um but it's a, a two and a half year wait to see the cardiologist um, with my functional neurological disorder, I was in a hospital after a, an 18-hour-long seizure, um, which happened out of nowhere one day. I just woke up from a nap and started having like a, a convulsive, full-tonic, clonic seizure. And my muscles and all of my nervous system just didn't stop for 18 hours straight. Um, and when I was in hospital, they said, oh, maybe you've overdosed on the medication that you've taken and this is a side effect. Um, and they just kind of brushed me off and sent me home with nothing, still seizing. And then two days later, I went back into hospital and a neurologist came to see me and then gave me the official diagnosis. Um, and now I'm on a waiting list for another two and a half years to see the neurologist. So I think obviously st still since COVID, there's a massive backlog with patients waiting for appointments and referrals and you know it is it is difficult but I can't complain because my healthcare is free so I think you know I am lucky to not have to pay for my prescriptions for example I get those for free um all of my appointments are free um and I know people have to have insurance and and have like quite difficult journeys with them their insurance companies to be able to um get the diagnosis or get their appointments or get their medications so I am quite lucky to to be able to get all that for free yeah so it has its ups and its downs yeah no for sure so yeah so like you were mentioning um the U.S. is uh completely private um yeah. with so you need insurance of course and then Canada we are um public um where like things are free um medication isn't but um the actual like if you go to the ER it's covered um and so understanding the wait times a hundred percent. Um, when I was getting my diagnosis, it was, it was a few years as well. Um, so that's interesting to hear that 
even in other countries that have these like public healthcare systems, there's still a huge wait time. So that's really interesting to hear. Um, so when you go to the ER, how mm -hmm. long is it until on average or like right now sort of thing, how long would it be for you to see a doctor? Like, is it a long wait time or? Yeah. So if I was to go to the ER right now, not feeling great and waiting to be seen urgently, for example, it's about a six hour wait time. Um, just sat in the ER until somebody comes out and sees you. Um, I'd probably say it's between six to 10 hours. I've been there 10 hours before um, without even being seen. As soon as you go in, you'll get your standard testing done. So you like your blood pressure and your heart rate and things like that. Um, and then you just sat in the waiting room for hours. So it's it's fluctuates between about six and 10 hours. Um, and there's always a massive backlog and they struggle with beds in the ER and things like that. So yeah, I'm sure it's probably the same um, with you guys or in the US. It's it's difficult, um, but you've just got to power through, haven't you? I know it's horrible sitting waiting, but you've got to fight for yourself. You've got to advocate for yourself or no one else will. So I don't mind waiting if I, if I know that I need to be seen there and then. But I am quite stubborn, so I would probably <laughs> two hours and be like, no, I'm not waiting any longer. I'll go home. <laughs> yeah, no really need help yeah no for sure for sure um so another thing that you had touched on previously is that um you have your mum and then you um met some or you've been on Instagram and, and kind of found a community through Instagram so who would mm -hmm. you say is your support system and how have they helped you and how has that changed throughout your your time um my mom is massively my support system I wouldn't be able to um do half the things I could without her um as of recently she is my full-time caregiver because my disabilities fluctuate so much um I can't hire people so over here you can get carers who come in and out of your house and care for you at certain times of the day I don't know if that's kind of similar in Canada or what whatnot um but because my chronic illnesses are so like different and they fluctuate all the time the care side of things isn't as flexible as it can be for me so my mum took the decision to kind of take on being my primary caregiver so she's definitely my my biggest supporter um and my, I would say my family and my biggest support system definitely it was hard at first because it's very confusing for them to get their heads around which it was for me as well both diagnoses um but I kind of just helped them do a bit of research on it gave them I got some leaflets um from different places and you know gave those to a lot of my friends and my family just so they could try and understand what I was going through a bit better um, not in a patronizing way but to kind of educate them on it as well um, which they all found helpful obviously my mum being my caregiver she has to know what my triggers are and um, how to best care for me um, so she's definitely my biggest support system yeah and in regards to the community that I found online um, I did join a support group when I first found out about my EDS um and that kind of helped me understand myself a bit better at first I don't go to the support group anymore because I don't feel like I need to but it was nice to know that it was there at the start of my journey um and I follow a lot of different people with a lot of different chronic illnesses but I do feel like we all kind of get each other even though we may not have the same chronic illness we we still experience life differently to what people without chronic illnesses do so 
I have a yeah I, I follow quite a lot of different people with different chronic illnesses and I, I find that interesting um, and I do research on other chronic illnesses as well because I just find it so interesting the background of everything and how they can just happen out of nowhere or you can be born with it and not know until you know you're older like some people don't get diagnoses until they're in the 40s and they've lived with it for their whole lives so um yeah I do find I find following different people um really educating and it's it's kind of um not a comfort blanket but it's comforting to know that you're not in it alone so I think that's why I did take the step to to be more open online about my chronic health because I wanted to, to be that person that I needed at 14 to say you're alone you know I'm going through this as well it's not all in your head um so that's kind of what I was trying to do at first but yeah very nice yeah yeah, yeah no, no no for sure thank you so much um so then you were mentioning your mom's kind of helping you out through the day so what would I if you can even I know some schedules are so different but do you have like a typical day what that would look like yeah so we have um a routine now at first we didn't really but I'm I I kind of live for structure and routine in my life I'm one of those people that needs a good routine and since coming out of work obviously it was it was difficult so I didn't have a routine but we we wake up at about 7am she brings me my breakfast um and my morning medication so I'll eat my breakfast have my morning meds um and then we will go in the living room for a bit put some tv on watch the news in the morning or sometimes we just listen to like relaxing music in the morning um and the the kids kind of wake up at the same time so they have their breakfast with us and we will probably watch Bluey for about an hour and then she helps me um have like a wash in the morning so I'll clean my face and if if I if I've had a seizure kind of the day before my mobility in my hands are quite poor um so she'll help me get dressed she'll help clean me um and then we just kind of relax really um Obviously, I take my medication at different points of the day, which she knows as well. So she'll administer my afternoon meds and then I've got like a mid to late afternoon medication and then a nighttime one. Um, and in the evenings, she'll help me get changed back into my pyjamas. Sometimes I don't even get dressed. I just change out of different pyjamas to cleaner pyjamas. But at the minute, I've tried to make myself get dressed into actual clothing more to give myself like a bit more of a structure to my day but you know how it's sometimes it's too tiring but um that's what I've kind of been trying to do a bit more um yeah we don't really we don't really do much to be honest but it seems like I do a lot um um what was I saying then yeah we don't really have much to do in a day if I have an appointment she'll take me to and from my appointments um she helps me use the toilet sometimes when a my mobility is really bad um we are currently waiting on a waiting list to to get an adaptive home so the house that we're in at the minute isn't very um, accessible for me or her so it's quite difficult for us to navigate life around um stairs and the toilet's quite low and we have like a bath with a shower and it's not just a shower if that makes sense so climbing into the bath to use the shower is quite hard for me on some days so we're currently waiting to get um, an adapted house, which obviously can take quite a while in the UK, but we're hoping that it um, it comes through a bit quicker. So, yeah, we, we, we just have set times for things and make sure we follow 
try and follow a bit of a structure just to make it like we're having a, a normal day um so I can go back to what I was kind of used to when I was working yeah no for sure um you just mentioned an adaptive home in the UK would that mean mm-hmm. you move into a new home or you just get things to make your current home more adaptive um both of those are an option but at the minute the the property that I live in isn't able to really have adaptations done to it so I've had an assessment from um somebody who works in the council um in the area that I live so they've come and kind of assessed my house and deemed that even if they were to do adaptations to it it still wouldn't be suitable so um I would move into a completely different home which is already adapted Um, I struggle with stairs and the stairs at this property um and because I have seizures and things like that it's unsafe for me to use a stair lift um so they were thinking about putting the stair lift in the the property that I live in now but because of a lot of my other different um symptoms they said that that wasn't safe so we're kind of looking for a one level property um that has an adapted bathroom um an adaptive bedroom because sometimes I might need to use my wheelchair in my house um and my kind of halls and things like that aren't wide enough at the minute so um, I'm on a list to to be moved into an adapted house. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and so how long is typically the wait time for the adaptive house? Um, I am on the, I had to really fight for it, um, but I've been putting kind of like an urgent band now. There's different bandings in the UK to kind of, um, which is how they choose who gets houses quicker um so I've been put into the highest band for the medical needs um and they're hoping to find me a house in the next three months if they haven't found one in three months we'll re-review the situation together um and then kind of take it from there but it maximum six months is what the lady who I've been um discussing it within housing has said so fingers crossed I get one in the next three months if not um, they'll still find me somewhere to be housed in in six months so it's not that long of a way actually um, and I was surprised I thought it would take way longer than that yeah no for sure for sure well that's really cool um, I definitely know that there's grants in Canada for creating a more adaptive house but I haven't actually heard in Canada of adaptive housing like mm. in a new home so that's really cool that that you guys yeah. have that yeah for it's sure cool. Without it, it would it would make life a lot harder. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm quite grateful for for that and and the fact that they can find me on in such a short amount of time or adapt one that is able to be adapted for me to then move into. They'll do the adaptations for me already, um, before I move into the property. So yeah, it is it is something that um I don't hear a lot in other countries. So. I am grateful to be able to have access to that over here, definitely. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, so previously you also mentioned that um you try not to dwell on things and um just stay positive. And from our conversation, you seem like quite a positive person, but how has your mental health been affected by all these chronic conditions? Cause that can be a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. At first I really struggled. Um when I was younger, I struggled quite a lot with my mental health anyway. So I think the fact that I felt like I wasn't being listened to in regards to my pain and all of my symptoms, that kind of really did take its toll on me when I was younger. Um, I've learned to manage it a lot more now. 
Um, I go to therapy and things like that for pain management, if that makes sense. So they do therapy over here for people who have chronic pain and chronic health conditions um, where you kind of just talk about your conditions and how they're making you feel and how you can kind of change that negative emotion into something positive um because sometimes you feel like your body's failing you but if you really think about it your body has done a lot for you to get you to the point to be able to actually still like even just us sitting here having a conversation now um I'm grateful for that because some people can't do that some people don't have use of you know their their mouths or they don't have um enough energy to be able to talk so uh, I'm definitely learning to be more positive. Um, don't get me wrong, I still have my bad days where I think oh, I'm such a burden. My mum is kind of changing her life for me and, you know, I make things difficult for other people. And you still do get these niggling little thoughts, but I kind of try to turn it into more of a positive thing than a negative. Um, and I journal quite a lot as well as going to therapy. So I call it writing and releasing. So if I have like a negative thought or if I'm feeling really down, I'll write it down in my journal. And then once it's on that paper, I release it and I, and I just don't think about it anymore, um, which is something that I've I've been doing quite often um, when I'm feeling down. So writing and releasing is something that um, really helps with my mental health. So yeah, it's been a struggle to adapt to life because it's completely different. And obviously it's not how... I ever envisioned my life going when I was younger but you know these things are, are made to test us and I'm a firm believer of that you know your path is is always going to change and it's never going to be um how you envision it you've just got to learn to adapt to your new normal and you know it's it's not a negative thing I'm, I'm still gonna be able to have a lot of life experiences and I've learned a lot about different medical conditions, which is something that I could always go into in the future. So, yeah, um, leaving work was something that really kind of impacted my mental health for a while. I really struggled with that. And I would say that's probably my biggest struggle I've had at the minute um, in regards to my diagnosis was leaving work because as I mentioned before, I'm very kind of driven as a person. So I've got to try and find what my new purposes or like my new I don't know what kind of job I could do maybe I could start a business and things like that like that's what I've been thinking about um but I think channeling my energy into advocating online and raising awareness of my illnesses and stuff that's kind of something that's helped with my mental health as well um being able to talk to a community of people that kind of understand you a lot more than um maybe your friends and your family do yeah, no, for sure. For sure. That's awesome. Um, and then another question would be just, you've talked about a lot of these conditions and that you're trying to figure out, um, what's working and what's not. And mm -hmm. so is there any resources or things that you use that make your life just a little bit easier? Yeah. So I use a walking stick every day. Um, I started using mobility aids probably about two years ago now um, when I was really struggling with my mobility and I thought, you know, this is going to change my life so I'm, I can't be ashamed about using it and I kind of got 
into it very quickly I wasn't ashamed of myself I wasn't embarrassed to use it out in public because it really um gave me a new lease of life so I use a walking stick I do have a wheelchair um it's not a a self-propelled one it's one that someone has to push for me Um, I don't have the strength in my arms to use a self-propelled wheelchair yet but I'm hoping one day I will be able to build my strength back up to use one Um, but if I'm going on like walks or things like that or um, if I'm going outdoors with my my friends and my family I tend to go in my wheelchair to do that Um, so mobility aids have changed my life completely and if you know if it ever crosses your mind that you may need one I would suggest just try it what's the worst that can happen Um, luckily over here the NHS do supply different types of mobility aids so I did get a walking stick from the NHS um, and I have kind of bought my own um, along the lines but luckily that was kind of given to me at first so I know that they can be expensive to fund and things like that, especially wheelchairs. They're very expensive. So um, I haven't got like the best brand wheelchair, but it still helps me day to day. Um, I use a lot of like ice compressions and um, ice packs. I've got this big cap that covers my eyes. It's called like a, a migraine cap. Um, and I, I sleep with that every night because it's just so cooling and it kind of takes some pressure off my head because I do get quite a, um, bad migraines. Um, I use my knee strap because of my Ehlers-Danlos, I can sublux different joints. Um, so I use quite a lot of things like that. So I've got a knee strap, a wrist strap, um, like an ankle wrap and things like that kind of just make my day that little bit easier. Um, and I have like a special pillow that I use to sleep at night, which helps align my hips in the right um place in regards to kind of like podcasts and things like that I would say I'm more of a, a website person so Earls Danlos have a website for the UK side of it and it's called EDS UK um, and that has a lot of information on it and that's where I joined the support group through them at first um, because they have them in all different areas the virtual online ones but they kind of just advertise them in different areas so the one that was in my area I joined for quite a while um and there's an app for my fnd and it's called fnd the app um, and you can log your seizures and your symptoms and things like that and it, it helps kind of try and find patterns in regards to um my health on that side of my chronic illness so yeah i would say i just do i tend to just do my research myself and that helps me um understand it I'm very kind of a visual person I do like reading um so I I did a lot of studying in regards to my my chronic illnesses myself which has helped me be able to talk about them more and helped me help others understand it more if that makes sense so yeah I haven't I haven't found a podcast yet um but I would like to I love I love listening to podcasts but I haven't um found one that kind of covers what what I would like to hear about uh, like the one we're doing for example I would listen to this but I don't I haven't kind of heard of any others that talk about chronic illness and things like that so that was something I'm still looking into well that's what we're trying to do here create something yeah. for for the for what we're exactly. looking for really yeah yeah exactly so um thank you so much for coming on today I really do appreciate you taking the time and, and chatting with me so I really do appreciate it my pleasure thank you for having me Thank you.